I have the quote, by the way. It is a, a jack of all trades is a master of none. The part left out is, but oftentimes better than a master of one. We leave this out. That's the most important part. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Of course, you know that's what it is. You've tuned into it. This is not an accident. This is intentional like everything I like to preach on. Be intentional. Today, I have with me Anthony Russo. He is a leadership and performance-based motivational speaker that emphasizes overcoming failure and creating a rock-solid mindset. He's a father to one daughter, and we're going to talk a bit about that because it's it's different and it's awesome, and uh, kind of generally just a really cool guy. I've had a chance to get to know him. I was on his podcast. We've probably known each other for a couple of weeks and already talked three, four hours, so this should be awesome. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Pumped to have What's you. What's going on, Scott? How you doing? Ah, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. It's, you know, controversy wins, controversy wins. What makes a better day? It builds resilience, and then I like wins. How about you? Uh, well, you know, that's pretty good. Today's been a busy day. I actually tried a new coffee today, which had like the Ooh. mushroom root. Oh. It was like a mushroom coffee with high caffeine. I'm not going to lie, didn't taste the best, but I've been absolutely jacked since like, I'm like first time in a while just checking off the old to-do list and just... So maybe it's a productivity coffee. Who knows? I need to I need to contact these folks and say, hey, look, I'm willing to drink your slurge if you'll give me free product and I can boost it on my podcast because yeah. I really like productivity caffeine. Uh, I, have, you know, I have a Red Bull, a sugar-free Red Bull sitting in my hand right now. The problem with Red Bull is it gives me wings for like 30 minutes and then I'm like in Crashville. It's different from some of the other drinks. I'm a caffeine junkie. I love caffeine, but I, I, and I will have the occasional energy drink, but I can tell you once I have one, I start having multiple. And then a week and a half later, my adrenals are completely shot. So we won't go there. I I had a really good buddy visit and I said, I'm like, Ooh, I need a bigger coffee maker. And I I get coffee from um, bone frog coffee. It is kick-ass. It's Navy seal stuff Uh, because you can bottle up Navy seal in the, in the form of um, coffee beans, apparently. Anyway, no, it's, it's really good coffee. And so I bought a bigger coffee maker. So I've been, I've been drowning in coffee and here I am drinking a Red Bull. I am a addict. (laughs) Can I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, we're going to go, we're already going to take a curveball real quick. Oh, so, I think it's the whole time is going to be this. Exactly. So have you ever, do you ever do five hour energy? I used to, I don't anymore. Smart. So I have a cousin that's in the industrial uh, sale, like a uh, rental properties in New Jersey. And one okay. of the places, one of his clients was uh five hour energy 10 years ago. And this is one of the only products that I heard something and go, I will never, ever try ever again. So b- part of owning the building and taking the lease is they have to uh, let them know all the different items inside of the product. And it wasn't housing the five hour energy complete. It was housing the, the supplies, the products that go into it. So the, I, you know, the, uh, what do they call that? The, 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 ing- not the ingredients, but they have a proprietary blend. Pro- proprietary. That's, that's dangerous. Proprietary so is dangerous. Nine pages, not kidding, of flammable or hazardous items, nine pages worth of, uh, documented ingredients in that proprietary blend that are considered hazardous. And I was like, I'm good. Never drinking five hour energy ever again. Thank, thank you, FDA, for putting your stamp of approval on that. Well, that's, yeah, one, one thing I, you, you caught my attention on mushrooms. Like they're good on hamburgers mm-hmm. and uh, grilled or fried or whatever you call it. Yeah. But in coffee, mm-hmm. it sounds almost vomit inducing, but also th- you saying how much productivity and how great you felt. I'm like, hmm, I think I'd live with it. <laughs> yeah. There's not much I won't try once. You know what I mean? What brand is it? Do you remember? Uh, I oh, I'll, I'll find out test. before the end of the show. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Good luck. Good luck with that. I'm I'm pretty good at that. I I can I have a one way resource to the other office, aka my girlfriend's phone, and I might be able ah. to shoot her a message. What kind of coffee Scott needs to know and needs to share with his audience, and then I'm going to drink it, and then I'm going to email the people and say, "Hey, look, this is kick ass. I want to promote it," and they're going to say, "You're too small. Don't do it." <laughs> thanks, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> thanks. We're 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 good for now. Uh, anyway, so Anthony. Uh, Dude, you do all sorts of things. Too many. Like you, you, you have been a business owner. I don't know if you are. You have really cool um, apparel. 
Awake Not Woke, um, which I can get behind 100%. You, uh, like, you have a, you have a really cool podcast. You're involved in a, a live event and some things going on with, um, kind of not, is it within the political realm? Would you say? Well, I, I do a lot of political stuff. Like I'm within the political realm 24 seven. I would say the event is patriotism based, which in the okay. year 2023, I think the term patriot is associated with a specific political party, which is incredibly yeah. unf- unfortunate. But that is that is really unfortunate. Yeah, so, yeah. I was listening to um, is it Mike Glover and on the Andy or I mean on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh my gosh! If you want to hear about being labeled something you're not, whew, <laughs> what a horrible situation. Anyway, um, so you know you were telling me your story about being a parent, and it's a completely different angle than mm-hmm. we've had before, and we will we'll definitely get there. Mm-hmm. But before we do. Like tell everybody all the things you do because I kind of glance, kind of glossing over yeah. your bio, and um, you're an eclectic individual. Thank you. I, it's, I call it a modern day renaissance man, okay. whatever the heck yes. that is. Um, but no, I do a lot of stuff. So I'm the uh, professional MC or host, crowd host for Fox uh, Fox Big Noon Kickoff. So all the the athletes on that that are up there. So the Matt Leinerts and Reggie Bush. I'm the guy behind them that gets the crowd hyped up before we come back from commercial. So I've been an MC for almost two decades now on major events, anything from spring break to uh, college football stuff to charity events, yada, yada, yada. So that's one big thing that I do. That's probably my uh, my best paying gig, I would say. And then the rest is because I have a dedication to trying to find a way to make an impact and change this country and, and for the better. So that's where the political stuff comes in. So I've got two podcasts, one of which uh, I was editing ours today, Scott, with Blunt right Force on. Discussion. Uh, so that'll be out probably probably before this one comes out. Um, and then I have Truth Will Set You Free USA. I don't know. You might be quick. I have no idea how quick <laughs> you are. Um, I think this Sunday is when I'm going to put out. But I, oh, I yeah, do, you win. Um, You're going to win. I'm going to yeah. win. Truth yeah. Will Set You Free Tuesday. Uh, it's a show we have. And then that's also my channels where I talk a lot of politics. That's my political heavy side. I also am a part owner in a spa with my girlfriend that I manage on weekends right now to try to pump up some of our, uh, our base and try to pump up the um, – the sales on that and to grow that business. So now I'm a spa owner. That was a new one. Uh, and then, yeah, I used to own a promotional staffing firm that was like experiential marketing. Uh, nice. had over 2000 independent contractors, 500 people a year that I'd get to pay and, uh, keep employed one way or another. And that was a seven figure business, um, for a decade between 2010 and 2018 started from scratch with zero capital and, uh, grew that business, from scratch essentially. And, uh, then merged that in 2018. So I, that's where I, that's kind of where I came from and where I ended up kind of where I'm at now continuing. And I'm a Fox, Fox news analyst in the mornings. I'm really busy. When I explain to people all the different stuff that I do, <laughs> I get tired myself. Oh, I'm the same way though. Yeah, and, and you are. Yeah. I like uh, people are like, what do you, I, I saw you do podcast coaching. I saw that you have a podcast post-production. I see you do this VA thing. I see, I'm like, and then your brotherhood of fatherhood and then these other podcasts I'm like yeah like mm-hmm. what's your business all of them all of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and i can be good at all because yeah. i'm not young <laughs> yeah exactly and we're you're a little bit older than me right how old are you yeah. again uh i'll be um, hitting that 50 mark this year oh, you're you're a whole almost a yeah, decade I'm a- we I'm a lot older than you. That's why we're rocking the caffeine. See, as you hit the Red Bull, perfect timing. Yep. <sighs> By the way, yes. the name of that coffee is Four Sigmatic. F O R Sigmatic. Rogan talks about that. So, oh, that's really? okay. yeah, yeah. You know, I I have to listen to his podcast. I like his guests a lot. I mean, I have no issue. I think he's a great podcaster. I actually listen to it to learn some of the ways. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. It's really hard when someone's talking to interject and add value in a, in a really awesome way. Yeah. Joe is really good at that. He'll be like, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? You know? And so I'm sitting here listening as like a study of how I can better interact without being rude and stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, absolutely. So, he's, he is, he, he's an artist. He's an absolute he, artist and how he does interviews and he can do them. He can do them stoned. He can do them drinking. <laughs> like he has just this amazing ability of getting what's interesting in the guest and taking what in 2023, a long format podcast, which is very difficult to execute in a way that people pay attention and people oh, yeah. listen to every minute of three hours of programming. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, it is very interesting. Uh, 
you know, I mean, it's not a model that anybody can just do. So mm-hmm. I don't suggest people do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so modern day Renaissance man, uh, master of many, I yeah. would say. Yeah. I, I don't like it when like, what do they say? Um, you do uh, a lot, but don't master anything. What is that one? Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. So it's the a master of a master of one, but not a something of many. I can't remember the line. The yeah. reason I stopped remembering the line is because there's actually two parts to it and people leave out the second part. Of course they do. It's still, it says in it and I'll, maybe I'll, if I have a second, I'll look it up, but it literally says a uh, master of few, many, yada, yada, yada. But a, ma- uh, uh, a master of many is still better than somebody that has no thing at all. I'm going to look, I'm going to look. Why did the they leave that? Why did they, they ruin that? Of course they you know? ruin it. Because yes. they're going to use it for their own purposes. And you're wearing a shirt while you're looking that up. Yeah. Um, I can't quite read it all. I remember. Okay. So it says America, we can agree to disagree. In yep. America, we can. So there was once uh, upon a time that uh, four guys, me being one of them, so three other guys and I, wanted to create and started to create a YouTube channel called Civil Di- Discourse. Mm-hmm. And like model having civil discourse like we can disagree and still be rad friends mm-hmm. and like in the in the in the call like to, or the the recording totally happy and and like moving on is that kind of what your shirt's talking about absolutely especially in this day and age it, the idea behind it is the fact that we just cannot have a civil discussion and realize that we are not going to have the same opinions as each other so we're yeah. allowed in America, we are allowed to disagree. So having that kind of conversation and that's how, so if you see the logo on that it was be the change, so that was the original business that I started. And that's what I, I, own. I own the trademark for be the change and awake, not woke gear, um, be the change I own for events. But the, the idea behind it was to be able to have a conversation with people from across the aisle and to be at, to be willing to meet people with empathy, uh, and also still listen enough to where people are going to have have the ability to open up their mind to another viewpoint and understand mm-hmm. I, although I have swung much more on the uh, the conservative side and later in, uh, in my life, there's still a lot of stuff that I will agree to as problems in this country. Like I, I'll have the conversation about racial issues and the fact that racism still exists. It does. There's no way to say that, but it's also fallible to think about the fact that we can just get rid of it completely and expect that progress is going to happen while thinking that everybody is a racist. There's a middle ground on so many things. So, oh, oh so, boy, okay. we could start going down that road because I was just thinking like, why am, why, and why do I become public enemy number one for the sins of the past? I, it's just like, so confused. This whole thing is so confusing to me or better yet. Let's erase history because it doesn't ag- align with what I'm thinking right now. I'm like, why don't we just, I'm Italian and Jewish. At what point did I ever (laughs) oppress anyone? Like, I I don't, I don't understand. I don't. don't Well, apparently you can. So get get it in your thick skull. I have the quote, by the way, it is a a jack of all trades is a master of none. The part left out is, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Ooh. (laughs) We leave this out. That's the most important. That makes us geniuses. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fact. But there is some psychology in that when somebody like um, there's one guy, he's like, yeah, I do podcast coaching and I do mindset um, coaching and I do. And I'm like, well, which one are you better at? And it made me realize, like, I have to be very careful how I talk about what I'm offering. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of just, you know what? I haven't focused on one because I have so many different things. So just screw them all. I'm just going to have to overcome it. (laughs) Right. Just fight power through. Power through Scott. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you you have experiential marketing. Is that like tasting Cheetos? Yeah, ex- exactly. Nobody, okay. everybody's like, what what is what does that mean? And it's uh, it became big in the early two thousands. It's it, you know, anytime you go to a sporting event, or anytime you go anywhere, a festival, and there is a brand that is giving stuff away for free or taking taking people through an experience. That is experiential marketing. So it's a, it's essentially creating brand awareness by giving an experience. Like the Super Bowl is coming up or might already be passed by the time we do this. So let's just say there's a thing called a Super Bowl and they have events for fans beforehand. And throughout that, there is this massive uh, opportunity for brands to engage with the individuals, whether it be entertaining and mentioning yep. the brand or letting people taste and try and touch things. That's experiential marketing. Still very successful uh, way of oh, getting yeah. through to consumers today. Yeah. You should do a Pepsi challenge. That'd be pretty cool. I should. 
Actually, I, I've done I've done work with Pepsi and Coca Cola. Funny enough. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I come from the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. Don't hold it against me, but Pepsi is by far the favorite down here. Like people are, like, think you're alien if you like Pepsi. Yeah, it's, it's so, Coke and Dr Pepper. Period. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I uh, just had a friend, a really great friend, um, visit from Canada. He flew down here to just see me and my family, which was awesome. And just he went. <laughs> He went into a quick time, which is a grocery store. I mean, a, a gas yep. station for those who don't know. And he's just like, dude, what's up with the caffeine and energy drinks? <laughs> for real? <laughs> you had no idea? No. He's like, I mean, I, he's like, everything's so regulated where I live. It's, it's everything's so bland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it was just really interesting. You brought up the Pepsi challenge and it's, that's actually, I've used that to talk about multiple things in life. <clears throat> and one of the things I forgot to mention, I do, I do motivational speaking and performance coaching a lot like what you do with mentoring and all that stuff. But the Pepsi challenge was kind of the original experiential marketing and the, and you can actually relate it to where we are kind of uh, politically as a society today. Ooh. So for you, you know, the background of the Pepsi challenge and how, why it did so well. I don't know if you've read the tipping point and, and the science. I've read it. I read tipping point twice. However, I do not remember that part. So, and maybe it was in one of the other ones by him, but it, the whole concept behind Pepsi challenge is they realized that people like the taste of Pepsi on the first sip a lot more than they like Coca-Cola. So they use that as a marketing campaign because it's a sweeter front end. Coca-Cola is more drinkable as a 12 ounce can, whereas Pepsi is better for the first sip and then it gets too syrupy and too sweet. Whoa, you're right. And honestly, if I were to choose, I like Diet Pepsi better than Diet Coke, but from from a soda with sugar perspective or corn syrup, whatever the heck they put in it, I would say... Coca-Cola is just more palatable for the whole thing. And that's the way we look to me at conversations today, because we are the social justice angle that people take is sweeter up front. So of course it's more palatable for people. It's like, we care about everyone, but when you do that, you're actually affecting everyone in a bad way. So you, you think you care about everyone, but in, in fact, you just care about a certain group more so than the others, which therefore affects everyone, especially people that are victims of crime in this di- in different areas. So it's mm-hmm. very similar to the Pepsi and Coke challenge, whereas, yes, up front, being a social justice warrior seems like you're saving the world. But if you really look at the way to truly be practical, that's the Coca-Cola can, if that makes sense. It does make sense. That's a really great analogy. Um, and I'm just going to have to put this out here because I'm really fully loaded with caffeine. I need to have an awake, not woke hat. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'll shoot you one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that is rad. Um, so anyway, moving on. I love that. I love that analogy, and I think it's it's an awesome lesson. I'm going to have to use that Pepsi thing. Pe- mm-hmm. I mean, brilliant. Talk yeah. about brilliant, uh, because you know it's going to win if it has that upfront, higher palatable. And I, I man. My brain is spinning and I can't make a thought come together here. I feel like um, this is where we have to talk about buffaloes. Yeah. Wait, let's <laughs> about the buffalo. Have you heard the story? <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so you you start, you, you mentioned it. You have um, started a business with your girlfriend in um, the Fort Worth area, correct? Fort Worth. She actually, she bought it herself right when we started dating a couple of years ago and You're just helping her with it. And I was helping. And then I realized, you know, we really needed to, cause she's a professional barrel racer. Uh, I think That's I told right. you that. So <clears throat> I realized that it needed, um, it needed some finances behind it to make mm-hmm. sure we had a front desk person so she could remove herself a little bit. And then things have progressed and it's still the, the front desk person manager has been phenomenal, but still not enough to change the business. So that's why I'm getting a little bit yeah. more involved now. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, People go there to get tan. They go there to no. They're uh, so it's massages. massage. It's, so it's massage spa, and then we have added saunas. And one of the big things I've added again because one of the things I heard on Joe Rogan went to one uh, and saw how big the impact is on these infrared saunas. So we've got a couple saunas in the Fort Worth area. Uh, well, one place, but two, and and it's Saginaw. Saginaw Hazlet, Fort Worth. Oh yeah. So and that's okay. that's what our what we're hoping will take it to that profitable area because two two saunas are a big deal. If uh, it needs less employees and the ability financially for it to be that extra five, $6,000 a month, if, if everything's executing correctly. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I remember I was trying to talk you into getting a um, cold plunge 
but then everybody's getting in the same water. That's a little, that's a little weird. So I looked at, no, I looked into it after we talked and based on regulations, even with a, it's like every four people, it's too expensive to maintain, which therefore oh, led me to go back into cryo looking. And I'm yep. like, those are too expensive. But I found out there's a group in the DFW market area that they sell their used ones and you can get them for under 20,000, which is still Boom. expensive, but not bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder how those people, boy, we're off topic, but I wonder how of those course. people do the float tanks because you have like 12,000 pounds of salt and water and you have to change it between each person. How is that even a viable you don't, business? You don't have to change it after each person. There's a, there's a certain rule based on like they've done the science. It's, it could be every four, but still, it's still not a viable thing. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I, I wanted to do a float tank and then they closed the one down here and I'm like, Hmm, I started looking into it and I'm like, wow, how do they even run that business? They must just like really like floating. So they're the, the payment is floating. Yeah. And that's yeah. why, pe- that's why businesses close. Like you're like, this is great. People are all, it's, it could be completely sold out, but a lot of people start businesses without thinking of profit margins. That's why the, the, yeah. the bulk of restaurants close is not because people don't know how to cook or they don't know how to market because they don't know how to actually do the math on their costs first. Period. Imagine that. What? Are you Here. kidding? You have to do math. Yeah. <laughs> Spreadsheets? Who? Common yeah. core? What? <laughs> <laughs> if I eat four turkeys and and three are born on the other side of the state, how many turkeys can you support in Uganda? Chicken. Or Ukraine. Ah, this, you got it right. But you just have to explain your thinking. So and then you have to really give matters. 37 chickens and turkeys to Ukraine to make sure that you're making <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so, Hey, <laughs> uh, wow. We should go down that road. Bro. I was wondering, I you were looking, I saw the look on your face. Like, do we go down the Ukraine road? I, you know, screw it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll really quick tell you that I was, so I'm, again, I'm half Jewish and I have, you know, for, I, I actually have contacts in Russia and, uh, and, and, and parts of Ukraine and Poland and this, and I was doing Fox news. That was actually the first story they gave me when they started doing the, uh, I started doing rounds with Fox news and I am nervous out of my mind because this is like, I didn't know how big, but now I just, I take the calls from my bed and like six in the morning. Now it's no big deal. But this one was uh, geopolitics, which is I am experienced in our country. And I had no idea about geopolitics. I'm doing all the research, talking to my military friends. And then I started talking about Ukraine. And in the very beginning, the first week I was hook, line and sinker, no offense to those that are still yay Ukraine, but I was hook, line, and sinker, be- believing like we need to do whatever we can to stop what's going on. And then I start talking to people there, started learning more about Zelensky, started learning more about the geopolitics of Ukraine in general for the last decade plus 60 years, realizing what, it is the biggest smokescreen on the planet that we have right oh. now. That we are funding that country's war with, here's the problem, Putin sucks. So does Zelensky, so does Ukraine, and ultimately we should be letting them deal with it on their own. And plain and simple. That's one hundred percent. Just where somebody I'm at said on it was actually on Rogan. They're like, really, the best option would just be assassinate Putin. But he's so protected because yeah. he's like, I don't know that we haven't given him a way out of it. Like we haven't give. Like we're not doing strategic things to actually be able to end this thing. No, we're so not. it's just this. We're actually elongating it. And while we're doing this phone call uh, in the last couple days there's been the uh, evidence that we were the ones that meddled with the Nord Stream pipeline uh the one that go figure so and and there was rumors of that but now there's a little bit more coming out so you've got that and then you've got the fact that we have um that we were instrumental in the ceasefire not happening uh Boris Johnson and the United States in March they had the opportunity to essentially end it where it's going to end which is uh, Russia gets some of the territories back that already want to be Russian. It was actually a really good middle ground, but clearly uh, UK and we did wanted it to continue. And we were the ones that intervened with what should have been a ceasefire. And we're, nobody's talking about that right now. It's it's crazy. It, there's so many smoke screens. I don't care if you're left, right, middle. Most of us are somewhere left, you know, left of center, right of center. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's insane. And if yeah. you don't believe that all this is just smoke and mirrors, you have major blinders on i'm putting it out there if you stop listening to me that's your problem so anyway um <laughs> you just don't i'm, I'm anti-war when, very when there really is no point and honestly yeah. this and i thought the left was supposed to be anti i mean all i don't know it's just it's a very well, what's going on there is is escalating and it's starting to become dangerous to us which is why i care more and more when we're starting to send tanks to help 
something that sh- should not involve us is scary. And then you've got, meanwhile, you got North Korea saying they're getting ready for war. And it's like, oh, and then Chinese spy balloons. Who knows? It's, there's a lot going on right now. A lot. <laughs> makes me laugh so much. But not only that, we're sending tanks and all this munitions to, uh, you know, the Ukraine. And meanwhile, what do we do? Well, we have to replenish. So we have to hire contractors and spend trillions of dollars on new technology. So not only are we spending and throwing all this money into this war, we are throwing all this money into replenish. This is like our excuse to play, to create new toys. It's yeah. insane. It's a horrible cycle. Okay. Politics aside. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's move it aside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get uh, into different stuff. <laughs> Uh, God, but I am really intrigued. I think, I think a lot of people would be stupid if they're not intrigued with, with guys like you who do so many different things and have your hands in so many different things. And I think a lot of people are like, well, how do you do that? And, uh, you know, my answer would be, you just never stop networking. You're, you're kind. You talk to people, you learn new skills, you find opportunities, you fake them, you leave some behind. And you edu- okay. and stay educated and, and yeah. always be willing to have a conversation because I'll be honest, uh, this this has been a sacrifice to become passionate about what I do in terms of mm-hmm. politics. I've lost a lot of business. I've lost a lot of friends. Oh, wow. and I've lost a lot of business. And um, I mean, to be totally frank, I literally make maybe a third of what I used to make because my 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 bottom line was drastically affected by this. Um, wow. But I believe it's important, and I. I am will I'm I have belief that on the back end um it will come back to to be a positive for me. So yeah. Um I, 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 I like that transparency. Worth it. Yeah. 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 I it, sacrifice is important when it's the right for the right thing. And you know what? <clears throat> uh, understand your core values and then act accordingly. Yeah. You like if your core value is money, then okay, whatever. Then you're gonna make the money decision. But if it's other things <clears throat> and they're above money, then you do what you, you do because that's what's going to make you happy. And I'm a weird um, believer that I, you know, I, I think God blessed me with a couple of things. And one of them is the ability to talk and, and also grow this phenomenal mustache. But with that nice said, yeah. it's a good mustache. It is uh, a good but with mustache. that, I just feel as though if somebody's going to, I think there's few people on this, on this, in this country that have the ability to use their voice and speak to people in this manner and be willing to see both sides. And I feel like it would be, uh, it would be a disservice to God. And I know that sounds haughty or whatever, but it'd be a disservice to God to not use my voice for something greater. And I, I'm going to give it a whirl as long as I possibly can. Cause I do feel as though that my destiny is creating impact in this country and in this world. So, so very interesting because I just got that downloaded to me. And, uh, and here's where we take a little turn for this, this serious, because I did, I did have this buddy of mine who is, an influencer, like literally in the men's world. And he came and he visited because I've been mentoring him. So I do calls with him. I, I ask him questions. I challenge him. He wants to, you know, in, in the world of parenting and marriage. So that's, that's my area. And, um, he, he said something to me. He said, look, God gave you this gift. And until you believe it thoroughly, you're not going to step into your real purpose. This is coming from a guy I mentor. I'm like, Okay, this is deep. He's like, you have so much to give men that they, like you have a successful marriage, you have successful, you know, late teen kids, you've done, you've walked the walk, you've talked the talk, you've done the things, you have so much to give men, you just have to believe it yourself. And he said, doing anything less is not fulfilling your destiny. This is coming from a 30-something year old. I'm like, dude wisdom. Um, but I, it's kind of what you're saying. Like we have these things that we've been gifted and unless we're doing everything we should and everything we can with those, we're wasting what God gave us. And I, I, I believe that to the bottom of my heart. And it's the only reason I'm willing to say this out loud on a podcast because I've always been so like, you know, he said, you're, you're, you're too humble. And he, (laughs) that's almost really the opposite of humble to say out loud. But, um, He's like, it's actually hurting you. It was really interesting, but I'm glad that you realized that because I think we don't really step into our, our greatness until we have accepted that greatness as a reality. You know, it's interesting. I think you, you actually just gave me an epiphany as we're having this conversation. Cause one of my biggest battles is not with myself. It's uh, I, I've, I've overcome that to realize that 
I'm convincing myself that this is what I'm meant to do. But actually I get in this discussion with my girlfriend all the time. And I know people say, make sure you're with people that are your biggest cheerleader. And she is, um, she's a huge cheerleader, but she also, she's a horse, you know, she's from a different world and she looks at what I'm doing and she doesn't understand it. And I think that sometimes we get in arguments over it and like saying, you don't take what I'm doing seriously. Or I, I, you know, there's, I have a purpose. Like, I know you don't understand why I'm posting on Instagram and it seems stupid. And I'm realizing now, as much as sometimes that bothers me, what it's actually doing is, is causing me to fight for myself. And she That's just good. so happens to be a great practice. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what to call it. Practice wall or, you know, I'm pl- mm-hmm. playing against the wall myself with her. It's bouncing it off. And it's like, I know that if one day I can convince her, I can convince the world. I can convince people that need it. So as much as sometimes that is a, it's a snag point, I think ultimately, cause at the end there is still love. There's still a lot of love there and there's still a lot of support, but I think I'm realizing that she might be challenging me to set me up for more success. I, I honestly have never quite thought of it that way until we're having this conversation. So I think that was kind of, however you worded that made me think of it in that sense. I think that's really insightful. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you thought of that because I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think so many people, I know, I'm going to stop saying, I think, I know so many people don't step into or do the things they do because of friction from other folks. Mm-hmm. And I, can you imagine some of the things that we would be seeing right now if people actually stepped into their full potential and didn't believe the lies and the perceptions of others as truth? Right. I mean, we'd be in a different, we'd be in a different place right now. Yeah. Different country. We'd still have chat GTP, but whatever. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with chat GTP, but anyway, you know. We, t- we talked about it on our call a little bit. Okay. I actually had yeah. these great ideas. So a very quick uh, uh, discussion point. So Chad D- GTP with the, with the AI, you made, we, we talked about it on our show, the idea behind needing to create something for students. So I don't know if you know this, but Google and um, the other one, or the, the actual Chad GTP, what is it? Google and whatever, the two major. Microsoft, Microsoft, basically. Yeah. They actually have created exactly what we talked about and a system to check to see so they, yep. they created the they created the virus and they created the cure for it because we were worried about schools not being able to uh, make sure their students weren't cheating. And apparently they just released that they have software that's going to be able to check that because I had this idea after we talked. I was like, let's create some kind of internal system. I even bought a website or whatever it was to, to get into that and think about it. But it sounds like they've created the solution themselves. Of course, they have thought, thought of that. So I saw a reel and I don't spend much time in reels. So, you know, my phone's listening to me because it sends me some stuff about chat DP, GTP anytime I'm in there. Um, and it was a plotter with a pen stuck in it. And it was handwriting the AI output that chat GTP was doing. That is a, that is a workaround because handwritten, unless you scanned it and put it in, which no teacher is going to do. They probably don't know how. Right. Um, it's undetectable. I'm like, this is so freaking brilliant. Like we're not going to keep even creating software. The the problem with that software is it's going to really screw up chat GP as a, as a, as a, or a, a SEO type tool. Like yeah. we already know that that's the battle. Like, yeah, like you cannot lean on that thing. You're going to have, you can use it for ideas and starting okay. points, but in education, there's always going to be somebody breaking. They're going to break it. They're going to break away. They're going to figure it out. And for the kid who put that thing together and, and is plotting it out on a piece of paper, like brilliant. Someone yeah. should hire him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. it's like the guy who, um, he was working for, who was he? He was working for some company he was contracting and he hired a virtual assistant from India to do the work. <clears throat> I think it was $400 a month and he was making two plus 200,000 plus a year. And all of the work was being done by his virtual assistant. That's hilarious. And they, it was Intel and they fired him. It was Intel or Verizon. I can't remember. They fired him. And my thought was, um, why didn't you hire this guy to massively improve and decrease the cost of your operations? Like, what is wrong? That's the problem. We're seeing everything from this weird. Now, okay, maybe fire him and then find someone else to do it that has higher moral standards, but still. Or, um, or I mean, I, I'm like, I would say utilize him and be like, all right, that's not quite okay, but can you can you uh, scale it? If you can scale it, why wouldn't you scale it? I, I know. So it, it's just so funny to see how our world is kind of adapting to these things, these tools that people are creating. 
Um, sometimes we're bucking it to, to our own, you know, like failure. And sometimes we're embracing it way too much. I think that might be the AI angle. I don't know. But yeah, what is this about AI? I, I didn't. I don't remember talking to you about it, until, or didn't until you said something. I'm like, oh yeah, we've had this conversation. Yeah, and we, I, my, my, the guy that does a lot of the tech stuff with with all my channels, we talked about creating a solution with like Raspberry Pi computers collected to a cloud where kids could never go outside of that unless they were using a different computer and and then copying it. Besides, so that yep. was that's our solution, yep. and we actually have already he's already created the sample program, but I don't think it's going to be necessary if they've if they've already developed it back. And it might be. Well, you got know. two. Yeah, you got two giants fighting each other. <sighs> they're going to make. They're going to. They, no one can keep up with them in the technology of like fighting, battling back and forth, right? Right. So I'm sure Google is like, trim, I, like ferociously trying to create a better AI tool right now. Oh, yeah. I bet you they are just just dying to get a heads up we'll see who owns jasper <sighs> some guys in austin austin so it's se- totally separate from the big boys yep which is why jasper came out and then now they're getting crushed by chat dgtv well i actually think jasper is not as good but better so in the same it's not as good because the output isn't as fast mm-hmm. and it's not as smooth but here's what jasper does that i don't think chat t gpt does is it learns you so you create folders and in one folder you talk about nutrition and it's going to write almost everything in the in the in the terminology of g of nutrition i know this from personal experience i had a jasper account i let my friends borrow it my computer we were doing a mastermind i'm like hey take my computer for half the day use my account they wrote 120 content pieces on nutrition in my dad coaching folder and so when i went to go do a dad coaching content piece all it talked about was nutrition <laughs> Interesting. i'm like what happened and i looked at all the feed so it learns based on which like so it has much more of a learning and storage of that learning and so um i think that's where it has a heads up i'm sure jet tpt is like right around the corner with that or the paid version allows you to do that but i did notice i have an affiliate with uh jasper i've been running ads on my podcast so i get i get multiple checks per month really nice. and yeah and because i right when they started i kind of got on and um i noticed they're paying out really fast right now as soon as something happens they're paying i'm like they want us to continue promoting because they're getting hurt yeah. yeah 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 so yeah in fact a poor guy i mean they they were doing they were crushing it i'm sure they're they're sweating bullets right now i'm sure they are you said something in your um your notes to me uh you know kind of before this podcast and, you know, in your motivational speaking business, you refer to yourself as the failure expert. And I want to talk about that a little bit because you know why I'm good at stuff? Because you fail a lot? Mm-hmm. Because I try a lot and I fail a lot and then I learn from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I think learning from others is really, really important. But for me, failure just catapults me. Yeah, anybody anybody that you really look into their stories and, and major successes all the way from Disney to you know, McDonald's to Henry Ford, any of these stories were built out of failures uh, and, and not just little ones, major ones. Like people can talk as much trash as they want about Trump having multiple bankruptcies. But if you're going to Disney parks, I'm going to let you know that Disney, I think, was bankrupt seven times. Like it's just it's. It's one of the great parts of this country is bankruptcy, is being able to move past major mistakes, which allows greater things to be built. Uh, and that, that, that can be a macro or a micro look. But we as human beings, the less we try and the less we, the, the less we go for things that could cause disappointment, failure, rejection, et cetera, the less in the, in the long run we're actually going to enjoy life, the less opportunity we're going to give ourselves. Um, less, uh, less Brown always has the line says, if you do it as, if you do it as, uh, uh, easy life will be hard, but if you do it as hard, life will be easy. And it's just a perfect analogy of how, uh, how we go through life. And anybody that is truly successful has gone through far more failures than they have successes. Plain and simple. It it makes people nervous. I have a, uh, I have a family member who who texted me. And said, you do really well at businesses. I just hope someday you land on a job and are happy with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, you see every change I make as a failure. I see every change I make as moving away from failure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 
it's really difficult when people see that that way. They think a failure or actually they think change is a failure because, you, you know, I'm reading through your bio and you got all these things yep. and you had, you know, and you had this experiential marketing and you do this and you do this. Well, I would, I would guess that every single one of those has led to new and better things, whether it doesn't always mean money either. Like th- there's, there's so many other things that we can achieve through failure and, and changing Ever, you know, a lot of people want to want to push that on money. Or do you fit inside of my box of what I think people's lives should look like? Right. Like, right. So when I, success, very different. Yeah. When I when I changed my business model, it wasn't because the one was failing. It's because I saw a need in an area that that when I when I when I looked behind, when I, I stepped back a bit and I looked at it, I'm like, here's where the things that are going wrong are going wrong. How do I fix that? and serve my clients better. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm going to change it if I can figure out a way to serve my clients better. And um, that's when this message came, like, you, you know, you're always changing. And I'm like, you're right. Don't, I mean, we typically, <clears throat> we, we've almost given a negative connotation to the word job. So why would you want a job? Uh, it's, 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 it's a weird, but it, there, it makes a lot of sense because that is, and how, how old, well, I don't want, I don't want to tip yeah. off with it. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at, uh, I'll I'll stay away from that. But like, if you look at the way that my generation, right at the 30 to 50 year old uh, age group was raised, we were raised to play it safe. And I think that that was the message we had. That was the helicopter parent generation. That was the, are you okay? Are you okay? And then we had the movie uh, um, uh, Varsity Blues, where it was like, they talk about the phrase perfect. So the options are be as super safe or be perfect because they kept repeating that line like be perfect both comp- could not be any worse advice known to mankind because perfection is completely a overrated and b impossible a perfect game like in baseball is a fleeting moment it happens like this and it's also not perfect by the way because it's not like you throw only strikes for 27 batters there's imperfections and pivots throughout the game but it's deemed a perfect game but the the interesting fact that I've done research on is um, typically the game after the perfect game is worse than the game before the game, before the perfect game. So we reach a, a pinnacle of success. And if you try to live in that moment and chase the, only that feeling instead of the journey up there, you're going to lead yourself to a really bad place because yeah. you're seeking something that is impossible to duplicate over and over again. Whereas success, happiness, uh, being happy with the journey, being happy in failure is huge. And then the the opposite side of that coin is when the parents that have been helicopter parents forever don't understand why their kid isn't leaving the house at the age of 36 years old. Well, you have coddled them to a point where they're afraid of taking a step anywhere outside of the boundaries and of of, of risk taking. We've, we've made risk a dirty word when really ultimately risk is the ultimate uh, uh, step towards success, plain and simple. Yeah. And I love the way that Jordan Peterson talks a lot about this. And my wife have a lot of talks about this because women, uh, mothers really have a hard time when the kids want to do that first thing. That's when, that's when the dad needs to come in and, and kind of be like, yeah, no, they need to go. Mm-hmm. So my, I have an 18 year old son. He's, he's taken a year where he's just experiencing life and he's, it's, he's done amazing things. Like I'm like, my gosh, this is the opposite of wasted time. Yeah. Um, and he's, his friend works in, in Montana on like a, it's called the homestead, but it's like they're building out this, I mean, uh, famous people live there. They're building yeah, yeah. this massive place out and they just need grunt workers. And his friend went up there to live he's, and he's living up in Montana and my son loves nature like that. So he's been fascinated by it. And my wife's been so worried about him moving out. She wants like call the, the benefit of college is you go to dorms where you kind of have like this stepping stone. You're on your own, but you're not really. Yeah. Well, um, he's going to Montana for the summer and living with his buddy on the campus and working. And, um, I, at this moment have no idea why I started talking about this. However, it's, it's really cool to watch this progress where he, you know, is living under the protection of the home. Like he does what he wants to do. We're not whatever. Right. But the next he's there's next steps. Yeah. And parents aren't letting their kids do next steps. And they haven't. And even 
Yeah. And even college, like college is not right for everyone and college is not right for everyone right away, but parents, it's all they know. And they're like, but, but, but that's what you do. And I see kids just like being funneled into there and it's like jamming, you know, a watermelon through a uterus. So do you remember um, when we were younger, when you'd hear the stories about like your, your cousin's son or daughter that took a semester off to go backpacking and you're like, Oh my God, that's the, that's the end. They're going to be a bum the rest of their life. I'm going to tell you out of the people that I have spoken with and interviewed and whatever that are super, not just not like happy, but super successful people in their forties, fifties and sixties. They were those people that took this. And that was before we thought that college, I mean, there was a certain point, even I, five years ago, were like, if you don't go to college, you're wasting your life. And now I can not disagree with myself more now. There's so many different opportunities. But to, to be those people then and to be that kind of groundbreaking look at life and to take those chances and learn outside that coddled box, to be willing to take risk and to do something, those are the people that are the most successful people that I know today. Once they got their head where they wanted to go and back and they learned. And your son's also learning hard work, which is also a skill that is severely lacking in this, in this world. Not, I'm not going to just blame you, the United States of America in this world. It's a coddled society. So people that are willing to go to Montana and work on a dang, whatever it's, it's a step up than from college. He drives to work. He works at Shields kick-ass store. He works at Shields. He starts at like, if he starts at nine, Mm -hmm. he leaves at seven takes him 30 minutes to get there because he can read his book. He just finished Jordan Peterson's newest book. He just finished the art of war. He just finished. um, Oh my God. He's reading all these classics, um, Stoics, Marcus Aurelius. I mean, it's insane. I have nothing to do with this. I mean, I, I turned him on to the obstacles away by Ryan holiday, which introduced him to stoicism and he's doing that. Then he's reading the Bible and he's talking about like, I'm like, I don't know a freshman in the world that's learning more than him right now. Maybe I don't there know is. a more humble dad in the world that literally just called yourself out for saying I, you had nothing to do with it. Yet you just told me that you introduced him to stoicism. So yes, <laughs> it's, a, it's a match. I did, I did, but and and hey, he's seen me reading and and paying attention and, and implementing things that I read. That is the message I tell the parents: like, do the things that will make your kids be successful. Do them over and over and over and over and over again. And do it with resolve and give up your stupid um, wishy-washy ways. Right. Just do it and talk about it. And another thing I always like to tell people, tell your kids about your failures. Yeah. Share with them your wins. But boy, can you teach them a lot by talking about your failures. Back wow. to the failure bus. Well, right. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you on your own show because you, I know a lot of people listen to you for advice. And by, by, by giving yourself that disservice, saying that you had nothing to do with it, and then explaining that you did is a big yeah. deal. Because if you just talk about you have this 18-year-old son that just went on his own, did these amazing things, then other parents are going to look at that as, well, he got lucky. Instead of, exactly. you just you just talked about the fact that you led by example. You introduced him to things. You gave him the opportunity to fail, all these different things. So don't sell yourself short, not just for your internal purposes, but give a tangible reason for people to be better parents because God knows we need better parents in this country. It's so true. And I will also, I'll take that. I work out every day. My wife works out every day. Why do my boys in their teens come to me and say, hey, you know, and I've tried to work out with them. I've done summer camps mm-hmm. with their kids working out. And they're, they're like, hey, uh, I need a workout plan. And then all of a sudden they're working out every single day with or without me, mm-hmm. um, like, Six days a week, both of them. Yeah, it's because they've seen me and my wife do that and find joy in it. Yeah. And we talk about how much, like, oh, we can eat this today because we are good with our nutrition ninety eight percent of the time, and we we do our movements. Right. And uh, so, yes, we've done a phenomenal job in modeling that. I will yeah. say that for sure. Uh, and thank you for that word. You're right. You're right. And good, tangible. Uh, I read. I. I like I get excited about this stuff. I told my family about how I used that book to get us through a situation in spring break. So of yeah. course, then they're intrigued. Like, wait a minute. Now both my boys have read it. And both my boys have read Atomic Habits. My my 14-year-old, now 15, he just the other day is like, Yeah, I finished Atomic Habits. I'm like, What? Did you get he's like, did well, you it? <laughs> yeah, he he's like, well, it's it's pretty basic, but he's like yeah, school. He's like, so many people mess around. It's like 15 minutes. I'm done with everything. What else am I gonna do? I'm like, all right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yes. 
that, great. What did you learn? Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so failures are, are, I really like that you talk about that. And do yeah. you get specific on the failures that you talk about or are you just kind of like generalizing? I get specific. I, I'll use other people's failures. I'll use one of my favorite stories is the Kurt Warner story from, from that movie under, well, they talk about it in the movie, but it's a true story. Obviously uh, the fact that he, I didn't even know I'm from St. Louis. I was, I had front row, uh, really inexpensive, lucky got front row seats to the Rams when they moved to St. Louis and was sitting right across from his wife every game, like at an angle. Wow. And, and we saw that journey, but I did not know that he actually got signed by the green Bay Packers. Didn't know that whole story, but fact is he went there. He would have been a backup to Favre. He showed up. He didn't have his playbook. Uh, uh, he didn't read the playbook and they told him to just go in. And he's like, I haven't read it yet. I just got here this morning. And they're like, cool. They cut him that night. And in, in to, to most people that could seem like this was your one big chance. And he used it to go back to play football at arena league, which he, he may have never been Kurt Warner without learning a three-step drop as opposed to the five-step drop and how he was able to work on that offense. So many things had to go right, but the biggest right. thing that had to go right was him completely failing flat on his face. I use that. I use my own personal stuff. Um, I, I, I tell a story about the fact that, when I was in my first business, it was called Pride Tags. They were dog tags with like uh, emblems and logos on them. And it was a whole being a part of something bigger than yourself. I've always had that being a part of something bigger thing. But uh, it, right around the recession uh, in 2008 is when I started my first business. And it just fell flat on its face. I got $100,000 worth of funding. I had a bank loan, all this different stuff. And then it just was bad timing. And I had a, um, I had a, a, a verbal contract with Harley Davidson. Uh, cause I knew people there. I, I went to college in Wisconsin that I can make these dog tags come to find out about a month and a half before I'd already spent whatever was really left on my loan. And I went out there, uh, with essentially illegal contraband. I'm like, I had to hustle these on the street. It was brutal. And cause they, Ooh. they had signed somebody else last minute as a exclusive. I'm like, I can't afford to lose another three or $4,000. I'm out. So I went out there and the bigger story behind it to teach people that there is a greater purpose is my mom who had lost her chiropractic business, flew out to, uh, I'm sorry, drove out to Milwaukee from St. Louis to help me out. And I had no idea how bad of what she was going through was. And she had an absolute blast helping me with the Harley mm. Davidson, all these different things. And I broke even, like I ended up, you know, just getting my money back. But I had, and I had, that was one of my two nervous breakdowns my whole entire life. I've never had to battle with that kind of stuff, but it was a rough, it was a rough go. And I find out about a year later, that because of my mom losing her business, some of the injuries she had with her knee and just different things that she was prepared to commit suicide when she got home. So at that moment I was in my, I was a 28, I was in my mid twenties. So I would not have known if I was, if I was successful in that moment and I did not need my mother, if say I was mid-level successful, like not to the point where I could help her out and also not to the, you know, where I, wherever, where I was, was perfect as much as most people would go, how could that be a perfect place to be failing flat on your face? But if I was anywhere else, she would have not felt as though she was needed anymore. So she felt wow. as though she still needed to be there for me. And she never committed suicide in that moment in that time. So I try to teach people from that, that there, you never know what your greater purpose is of failing. That's really good. That's really good. And I think we could end on that, but we're not going to. <laughs> no, no, we got to get into the, We got to do a little parenting real quick. We'd have to do a little parenting and we are a little limit on time. And, uh, yeah. we might, I, I, I would really like to have you on again. Cause I, sure. I think I just like talking about random cool stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, but you have a daughter, man. And, and that was, I think one of the early conversations you're like, it's, it's not a normal, I made a different decision. Yeah. And I, I, the thing is, is if you have this story, there's other ones out there. Of course. And one thing I get is messages from men. It's like, Hey, you never talk to men who hate their wives or yeah. you've never talked to women who've cheated about women who've cheated on their husbands. I'm like, well, right. But, but I try to bring in an eclectic grouping of people. So you are, a, you are a parent and let's, uh, let's dig into that just for, you know, last 10 minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's interesting that the day that we're doing this, my baby mama is, uh, is actually being induced on her th third now third child with her husband. Uh, so wow. it's awesome. Uh, so she is, yes, yeah, today's induction day. So she is a, she's, I think about to have a, a son, I believe if the, wow. if the things right. So I have a daughter who is six years old, about to be, um, about to be seven. 
and she is she lives in Omaha, Nebraska. And I was, as I spoke earlier, I was an MC for major events across the country. So I was the MC for the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. And that is where I have my first child off of a all I, I, I hate to, you know, make it crude and say one night stand, but it wasn't a one night stand. It was a two night stand. I knew her. For okay, a there year. you go. So it happened, you know, we hung out the year before, hung out again then. And again, uh, we are imperfect. I would not suggest anybody just think that that's okay, but it's also not, not okay either. It's just life. And, uh, and yeah. I, we developed a, we developed a friendship as she was pregnant and I, I don't have any regrets about the way things were handled, but there was, you know, I questioned, I'm like, what, what do we, what do I do at this point? This, do I have to move to Omaha, Nebraska? Do I have to completely change my life? Is this somebody that I'm going to want to be with? And I, I, the one conversation that I think was the scorch mark between her and I was, you know, how, what would be the best for Luca, the, my daughter? And ultimately what I've seen with people is so much animosity built up by forcing themselves to stay together, forcing people to change their lives, forcing all these different things. And her and I never dated. So we didn't have that awkwardness of a breakup or you're a jerk or anything like that. We just dealt with it. Um, I of course am a responsible father in that sense, in terms of I pay my child support and that, and I stay in contact and I stay friends with her. And I've, to me, I look at it as I've given her the ability to live a life of her dream. She's got a great husband who I'm, I, I would consider myself friends with. He's a good guy. Um, and, and there's a lot of different ins and outs of it, but ultimately it's like the seatbelt on an airplane or not the seatbelt, the, uh, the oxygen tank on the airplane. Like if you can't take care of yourself, you're going to be useless to your child. So mm-hmm. if, if I am miserable and if she is miserable and if I am somebody that maybe will fall in love with somebody else, like there were so many things that I looked through on it and how could I give the most love to my daughter? And it was by letting go as odd as that sounds. And that's, and that's kind of where we came to and what we decided on. How old is she now? She's about to be seven. Okay. All right. So how often do you see her or do you? <sighs> Yeah, before COVID, it was so I bought a house in, in in Omaha, and I still have that. And I think my mom's actually going to be moving into that house. But um, I I was seeing her once a month. Um, but with COVID, with some of the loss of income, it's very difficult uh, for me to to go back up there, back and forth every so often. And I have not changed, uh, not to be TMI, have not changed my child support payments based off of what I was making before compared to right. now. So it's just I. I at one point, I would like to travel up there more, but with with the schedule, it's it's a little bit difficult. But I, I face it's a different world. We have FaceTime now. We have the ability to yeah. chat, and she's a super happy kid. Um, so whenever I we get the chance to talk, it's it's fun either way. Does she call you dad or call her uh, stepfather or adopted dad dad or uh, I wanted dad to make one, sure, dad two. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we talked about this because this is an interesting one. I remember when, um, and I'm I'm an I'm an easygoing person. Like that's, I, I don't take things overly serious. My dad was, I, I just, I remember things growing up. My dad was a, a, a disabled and he was very emotional. I would consider myself emotional, but both of us had the bone of being pretty easygoing. And I remember the first person going, what are you going to do? When she started dating Justin, what are you going to do if, cause he's always around. What if she calls him dad? I go, nothing. Like, that's great. That means that she's, there's some people that don't have a single dad in their life. Yeah. Why, right. why would that be a bad thing? So recently in the last six months or so, she started calling him dad. And I remember even my mom who takes things a little, little too serious. And it was like, Oh my God, are you okay with that? I'm like, why would I, why, like, why would I not be? So she is at the point where she calls both of us dad. Uh, and I think that's amazing. I, I, I don't, I don't see, I like to weigh the net. Like what's the negative? What's, what is the bad part? The only way that that could be deemed bad is if I'm full of pride mm. and that is not, that a, is exactly true. Yeah. And that's not a thing that I have. Like, like, why would I just like, if, if he is there every day helping out with all the different things that go on day in, day out in their life, how, how prideful and rude would that be for me to think that that's bad? That's selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have a point. You have a really good point. Has she talked to you about this? I mean, like seven, it's kind of hard to like the, the full comprehension probably will come more in the teens or maybe, yeah. the, maybe there might be some angst around it in the teens. Have you, have you thought through that? Yeah, I have. And I, and I think that there's going to be have a conversation. She's an interesting kid. Like she was a, um, she was an observer 
She was a little late on walking. She was not super talkative. Like she, she was always a couple months behind and she's still a Mm. couple months behind now, which is completely fine and within range of that age group. But I, I do think that that conversation is going to be a little bit delayed because she is the kid that in many ways, I think parents dream of that just as happy as happy can be. Wow. Uh, just needs to, she needs to be able to focus a little bit more. And, and I think that that conversation will come. I know it will. And the way that I'll handle it is, is with extreme empathy and ownership. If she wants to be mad at me for it, she is more than deserved to be, to be upset about any of the situations and whatever it might be. Um, but ultimately the one thing I will say is, you know, have you, have you led a good life? Have you been happy up to the age of 12 and 13? And then at that point say, what can I do different? Once she can make yeah. a decision on what she wants, if she wants, if she told me right now that something major had to change, I would make steps to try to figure out how to do that. Yeah. So you, you put away your pride and also her, like you've mentally prepared for whatever may come. It, you know, you see in the movies, my reality, uh, my reality with broken families is movies. Yeah. Um, you see life imitates art. Yeah. These kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, like upset at their parent and going and moving with the, the dad that they never knew right. or even, I mean, it's just a part of adolescence. It's natural part of adolescence to stiff arm your parents. Mm-hmm. Like I need some freedom. I am establishing my own way, you know, stand back a little bit. And I've seen that happen where now the kid is going to live with the other parent. You know, it's, it's, so do you, have you thought it through that? I mean, she's pretty young, but I, I would be, I would be remit. There would have to be, um, I have not thought of it to answer the question bluntly because there is like, I'm a way I will weigh options. I will see, I will kind of look at things and take a step back. There is not a percentage of that involved right now. If right. something starts to lead to that, I will start like, and, and I don't think that would happen overnight. That would be a process of years probably of change. And if there is, if the window drops in where it's at 5% out of a hundred percent, I'll start to look at it, but it is, it, it is completely out of that realm because there, it's just the, the person that I, I guess by chance chose to be my baby mom is a fantastic human being and they have a bond like you have never seen before. So it well, would be very difficult for me to see. You've that. been really mature in the way you've handled it in that you have worked directly with baby mama <laughs> and um, made decisions together uh, and have the respect in the relationship. So it, that's, it's, it's really unique. How often do you talk to your daughter? Once a week, once a okay. week. And, and, and we, and we had set days and then now it's kind of, it's a little bit more flexible because she's had to do some extra learning in order to get kind of back on, back on track with, with the school and stuff. But Imagine I mean, and, and I want to be, I want to be super honest. Like there is, I can't say that there isn't some guilt in terms of oh, yeah. not being there enough. Uh, I, I actually, to make things easier, I signed away in all honesty, I signed away rights as a kid because I trusted this person. If there were, it would have been very different if there was, uh, if I looked at her and was like, Oh, she's a little wishy-washy and right. great family, great parents. I'm friends with that whole, I'm friends with all of them. And I trusted the situation because if, if I would have been prideful then and said, no, I want certain percentage of rights there's a huge risk of if something health happens, they have to get both of our approvals. And I don't, I don't want that. I didn't want yeah. that at the time. So I, just I made slow sure. down. Yeah. 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 When, when you can't for that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I kind of hate to do this, but I have to shut us down and uh, maybe we can come back to this because it is very unique. And I, I, I would say for anybody who's in even close to a sim- similar situation, like sounds like if it's not going well, you probably need to step back and kind of look at the way that Anthony, you have taken it and, and reevaluate. And I think it really does come down to ego. Um, and then there's this part of us that just wants it's, it's our DNA. Like we, you know, you got that paternal like fire inside of you. Um, but you have to know yourself really well and yeah. get rid of the ego to let that be. Cause she, if she's calling you both dad, you know, she's probably pretty happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. So. And yeah. Awesome. I, I, and that's that I know we got to wrap it, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's also, it's the fact is there's a lot of things going on in people's lives. And when people sometimes look internally at like, they'll look at somebody like me and go, 
wow, he's just letting that happen. No, yeah. it's that I, my girlfriend's a professional barrel racer. She, that takes an enormous amount of time. I help with the spot. I do my own shows. I'm trying to create change in the world. I'm also trying to be decent with my daughter. There is a lot going on, not just in my life, but in everybody's life. And I'm being supportive for Kelly to, she, my, my girlfriend's literally ranked in the top 10 right now in the world. She wow. wants to make world titles. So it's like, there's a lot of responsibility amongst everyone. And yes, my daughter means a lot, but at the same time, you can, what's, what's Biden's phrase. You can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. You can do it all. As long as you are putting forth your love, effort and honesty into everybody that's around you. That's Biden saying the Biden. No, no, not the whole part. Biden says you can eat and chew bubble gum at the same time. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, he can't do a sentence that long. I was like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. This is, this does not make sense. Yeah, Yeah. you did a little bit, just a little bit. Well, I've had an absolute blast talking to you. It's been fun. You're intriguing. Your uh, stories are great. Your information is great. We both love failure. Um, Thank you very much. And like, you know, we'll have all the links, all the 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 goods to your stuff in the show notes. And uh, they, people need to be, following blunt force discussion on IG and YouTube, uh, specifically for the episode coming out Saturday or Sunday, <laughs> just joking. Yeah. Um, and Anthony, Michael Russo, R S S O R U S S O. Uh, so yeah, those are the places, those yeah, are the places and, for people to go, but you, and, what about your other stuff? Like, yeah. The community, I would love for people to join the community. I've kind of ditched people away from the Patreon and supporting the shows. Cause I have the uh, great American syndicate that I'm working with Barb right. and Dave and even Stacy, our friend is working with that yeah. as well. Um, so it's, it's literally free for 15 days and then it's like four ninety nine a month. And it's to be a part of a community of like-minded Americans. So that's just great American syndicate.com, but you can also go to the page and learn more. And that's where that's leading into that big summit that we've got coming up in June in Dallas, June 2nd and 3rd, right before Scott's, uh, uh, brotherhood trip to Montana. Yep. So, so yeah. go to that and then hop on a plane and go to, go to Montana. Boom. Make it a yeah. week, make it a whole fun week of it. Heck, if you come. I'll take you to dinner or something because it's not too far from my neck of the woods. There you go. So um, that's awesome. And I appreciate your time, Anthony. Like, I appreciate you. I, I yeah, love talking yeah. to you. You're fun, Scott. Well, well let's keep it going because I think fun is awesome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm such a dork. But it's <laughs> <laughs> just, just the way I operate. Uh, people, go go find Anthony. Uh, he's, he's awesome. He's rad. If you have a podcast, get him on. Let him spread that story. He's got so many cool things that he, he has going on. And, um, I love talking to him, so you should too. Have an amazing day, and uh, make sure you're listening always, forever. Amen and amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.